everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. Welcome everyone to episode five. I am super excited. This is kind of a completely different approach and we are kind of going to bring you guys some new science and some new mentality to kind of understanding your life through neurology and understanding how important it is and kind of giving you guys some tips and tools and resources to further your education and understanding on how you can help yourself be a little bit more successful with the mind and the body. So I have an awesome guest. His name is LC. He is basically a family friend of mine's boyfriend, and I had the luxury of meeting him this week over the holiday break, and he just gave me so much information, and I was like, oh my gosh, everybody on the podcast needs to hear your information and needs access to your brain, so welcome. Yeah, thank you. This is super exciting. I did not expect to be doing this. We just met a couple of days ago, (laughs) and it... And it turned into this whole idea of presenting you guys with some awesome information that I learned about a couple of years ago. And that's this idea of functional neurology. So first of all, I'll give a background about who I am. I'm in chiropractic school right now. So yes, I I pop backs and stuff like that. But I also found a passion for, well, I technically don't pop backs yet. I'm not graduating. You're working on it. Working on it. But I found a passion for understanding the brain and how the brain functions. And I dove into this about two years ago with some guidance from some students that were on campus. And I found this cool pocket of the world of science called functional neurology. It's about 800 people big. It's not a very large percentage of people. And essentially what it does is it takes neurology and the understanding of the brain and applies it to an exam and how we approach someone with some sort of deficit. So we take a really good history, a really good neurological exam, look for little cues inside of the exam, and then we know how to impact those areas that we find deficits in our exam and we just do an input whether that be a chiropractic adjustment or vibration stimulation or meditation mindfulness all of these things go into it so it's a really cool little pocket of the world that I'm in yeah so we were sitting there talking came over to to meet KJ and myself and my husband and we were sitting there talking and we were talking about dementia and then we were talking about like child development and certain things that KJ does and understanding the natural reflex that a baby has or doesn't have and how they move through different stages and so like that was kind of like the start of me understanding the background and the different things that Elsie can bring to your typical person and just help you understand a little bit more of like why your body and mind does the things that it does and what you can do to help control it. So I know, you know, on episode two, I brought Brandy in and we were talking about meditation and how meditation can just really help you get control of your neurosystem and really calm it down and and bring it back to homeostasis. And some of the things that Elsie and I talked about, he like brought a whole new light of a million different other things that he not only does, but tools that we can do on our own that can kind of help 
us really center ourselves and maybe even fight through some anxiety or like one of the things we talked about was height. Mm -hmm. And so that was like really cool if you want to share that. But yeah, so just some different approaches to things that a lot of the stuff that he does is way over a lot of our heads. But a lot of the stuff that he talked to me about was, you know, an everyday Joe could understand and practice. Yeah. And so I'm still learning, obviously. I'm just now getting into a master's program in neuroscience at my school. And I have a passion to go and get a uh, physician's assistant degree when I get done. So I'm no expert on any of this, but I've... But you have incredible experience. I have passion. Yeah, I've got passion and I have some experience with this. I've shadowed the best of the best that do this. Dr. Ted Carrick is the the founder of this kind of mindset of healing and it's all natural. There's no drugs involved. I mean, we obviously, if we need to, we can do some intervention, but it's all natural things that you can do in order to help yourself reach the best neurological health you can. I mean, just from personal experience, I've seen, I got the pleasure of shadowing at a clinic in Dallas. That's where I go to school that did functional neurology and and that's what they practiced. And so a girl came in, she had suffered a spinal cord injury and we use functional neurology using specific tools to help her relearn some things that she loved to do. She was in bad shape. She couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. She couldn't do anything on her own. And by the time she left us after two weeks of intensive treatment, she was able to spin a lasso around the top of her head and lasso a stool uh, a couple of feet away. So it was just those little things that is helping her get her life back. And with the power of just understanding how the brain works and how it's wired and what we need to put inputs into. And it made a huge impact on her and her family. So just yeah. little things like that. And a completely different approach. Like you're not going to, she wasn't in a hospital and just doing your typical occupational therapy that's right. by the book. You're taking a different approach and doing something that isn't necessarily widely accepted in the medical industry, right? So Yeah, so that's the big thing about this is it's all so theoretical. Like we understand that it's supposed to impact this, it's supposed to impact that, but it's not 100% sure like by science standards that that's exactly what we do. But we see results out of it every day. I mean, people are saying that it's a miracle, right? And if that's a miracle, then we're doing a pretty good job of it, like Dr. Carrick says in yeah. one of the videos we watched. So yeah, so yeah I guess I can talk about some well, things. Give, one of the examples he was talking to me about was like someone who has anxiety over heights yeah. or like looking up at something that's really tall or like the example I gave him for me. What's the one, I haven't been, but the one... Building in Chicago that I know that people go out on, and it's, it's like the a Sears Tower. Yeah, it's like the glass bottom, yeah. and they walk can walk out. Like, there's no way I would ever be able to do that. And he was explaining to me where the disconnect is, where the anxiety is created. I don't know. You're, I'm gonna butcher so, it, so you kind of explain <laughs> it. <laughs> so basically, we have sensation in our brain. Of this area of the brain is called the vestibular system. It's located within the ear, in the middle ear, mm. and whenever our eyes see things that don't necessarily match what our vision or our sense of balance and our sense of spatial awareness Mm -hmm. matches up with it, you start to get anxiety and you start to get anxious because the two areas, your vision and your vestibular system are not necessarily matching up with what the two senses are saying. So one's saying, hey, you have a large drop in front of you. And the other one's saying, well, I'm not moving anywhere. Like the glass bottom is there. It's protecting yeah. you. Yeah. So your vision thinks you're going to fall and mm. you, your vestibular system's 
like, we're not moving, you know, we're not, we're staying steady. And so there's this disconnect. And so when the body or the brain has this disconnect, it's going to wind up this area of the brain that's very primitive and every animal has it. It's called the limbic system and it's your behavior. It's what makes you act anxious or um, happy. I mean, it controls all of your behavior. So if you have this wind up of the system, then you get anxious. Is that the one that you were telling me about that it almost can be habitual? Yeah. What he was explaining to me is if you're doing something over and over again, and every time you do that specific act or whatever you're doing, and you create that anxiety, even if you're trying to diffuse that anxiety, your, what's the word again? The Your limbic system. Yeah. We'll do it no matter what, just because it's out of, almost out of of habit. Have, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that can go into the whole habitual well, sure. ritual sure. thing and I'm I don't sure. even fully understand it to be, <laughs> to be honest, but yeah. So once you get this wind up of this limbic system, it's, it just controls you. It takes you over because it's so deeply rooted in who we are as human beings. I mean, it is exactly the same thing that happens when a bear gets angry. Like it's the same area of the uh. brain. So it's so crazy. Yeah. And so we have, as humans, we have the ability to depress that. And you can have an impact by doing meditation. Whenever you talk to Brandy, I listened to it in the car with my girlfriend on the way up to Fayetteville, Arkansas. And she was talking about meditation. And it's all about activating this certain area of the brain called the frontal lobe, which sits right behind your forehead, which is basically the area of the brain that is responsible for depressing that limbic system. It's, it's what makes us human. Like, yeah, we get angry, but okay, our frontal lobe will kick in and be like, okay, like there's no reason to be angry for this long. Yeah. I can move on or, so that's your frontal lobe. And there's been research done that says that meditation for a few minutes a day, up to 20 minutes a day has huge benefits on activating your frontal lobe. And that controls your limbic system. So if you're anxious or depressed or things like that, you can try meditation. And if you're meditating with the intention of, you know, just clearing your head and getting that anxiety away and really focusing on your breath and not worrying about whatever it is that's making you anxious, then you should have some huge results. I've started doing it and it's helped with school and test anxiety and everything, you know? Oh, I'm sure. And one of the things that we even talked about was so with Brandy we talked about how breathing was so important and then I made the joke about how people say take five deep breaths but like for me personally it's so much easier to stop and take five deep breaths in a moment of frustration or high anxiety or anger or whatever when I know that like those five deep breaths are connecting something to my brain that's causing like understanding the science behind it for me helps me so much more understand the importance of it for me to tell me to take five deep breaths my personality I'm like "Mm, okay like yeah you want me to take five deep breaths because it's supposed to calm me down whatever but understanding that like no really if you take five conscious deep breaths and allow your mind to switch and focus and go out of the habitual mind and go into the focus of the frontal lobe lobe yeah there you go I'm I'm working (laughs) on this yeah when you understand it it helps you to gain quicker control I feel like that's like what I've really come to help that's helped me is understanding the science behind it and understanding that there's a lot of this information out there that just people don't have access to and there's different tools that we can do yes taking deep breaths is one of them but there's like so many other tools that we can do that can help us you know get control of our body and our mind and our emotions that mm-hmm. no one's really explaining and no one's really there's no mass communication of this yeah which is incredible so, to me it, it really blew my mind when I first learned about all of these things too and I continue you to learn new things and it still blows my mind. Every sure. book I read is just like, why is this not more widely known? A couple of days ago, we talked about the connection between the gut and the brain. 
Oh, yeah. And we can talk about that. But, like, everything I learn, I'm just like, why is this not more widely known? Like, even if it doesn't work for you, I mean, there's other things you can do that are in this literature that's in literature about science that about the science of the brain that you can try. I mean, it's not going to hurt you. I mean, sitting down and taking five intentional deep breaths Mm -hmm. in moments of stress or anxiety is not going to negatively affect you. So why not give it a shot? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then one of the things we talked about too, which I don't remember how this all fit in, but we talked about tapping and... Oh, yeah. Is that... Uh, I don't remember why we talked about that. Well, I was just saying that Brandy told me to like... There were certain places to tap, but I didn't understand why. She just said... I'm sure she understood why, but I didn't understand why. And so I don't know if that's something, is that too much over people's head? It might be, but I mean, there's the whole theory of, you know, by touching your face, you're activating certain nuclei within the brainstem, which are connected to the area of the brain that makes you calm down. You have... Mm. I mean, we talked about cranial nerve. We have 12 cranial nerves in the base of our brainstem at the base of our brain. Yeah. And four of them are responsible for making you calm down. Cranial nerve 3, 7, 9, and 10. You know, if you activate certain nuclei in the brainstem, you're also going to activate the nuclei that responsible. So tapping your head activates cranial nerve 5, which is sensation to the face. And that cranial nerve sits really close and has a lot of connections to cranial nerve 7 and 9 and 10. So they all feed off of each other. Yeah, they kind of do. I mean, the brain needs to know what each one is receiving and then they feed off of each other to make the appropriate response. And the other one we were talking about, and I started doing it while we were talking, as I was like by I don't really bite my nails, but I bite my cuticles. And he explained to me that if I wanted to kind of break that habit to stroke my cheek. Yeah, that gets into a whole thing. So oh, if there's <laughs> like so much, I know there's so many things. So one episode. So one thing about functional neurology that I learned is, I mean, I've been watching KJ yeah. today and a couple days ago, and there's these things that I'm sure you've heard from your pediatrician called primitive reflexes. Yeah. And they check them to just make sure that the baby's nervous system is intact. We also check them, or well, I will whenever I become yeah. a fully licensed functional neurologist and chiropractor. I will check them on babies to make sure that their nervous system's working well and they should go away at certain times. Mm. And these primitive reflexes lead into more complex more complex things that develop in your brain. So you have this thing called the palmer grasp. If you ever hold a baby and you put your finger in their hand, their hand will close around your yep. finger. And you're like, oh my gosh, it loves me. No, it's <laughs> it's a neuro, it's a neurological reflex that's like, causing... Sure, it loves you, but really it's actually a natural reflex. It's a natural reflex that the baby is supposed to grab onto your finger because science says that it's because of the latching and you want to have the baby be able to grab onto the mother's back if it were to be right. carried or something like that on the back. So it's a natural reflex and this should develop into dexterity of the hands, fine motor movement, the ability to write handwriting and not have it be sloppy. Yeah. Um, there's also the one, the sucking reflex. Yep. It's called the rooting reflex as well. Which so all, if you, you, all you mamas out there know that one from them trying, you trying to get the baby to latch, to latch. try to breastfeed. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's called a rooting reflex. So you just stroke the side of the cheek that's closest to the mother's nipple and then they, they should latch. And that's yeah. a natural reflex and it should go away. But there's a theory out there that people that chew their fingernails or their cuticles or that they smoke, like it's not necessarily that they're addicted to that, they maybe just never had this reflex be inhibited. Ah. Um, And so people that smoke, a lot of them, I mean, my parents smoke and I've asked them why they don't stop. And it's like the... 
I just want to have I just want to have something on my lips. Ah. And so that reflex may have not been fully inhibited. And so you can go in if you have the temptation to chew your fingernails or your cuticles or put a cigarette to your mouth and do what we call cat whiskers. So you take your finger from the corner of your mouth out to the side of your face uh-huh. and do like almost cat whiskers on yourself. And it should activate that primitive reflex and make that sensation or that desire to do that go away. Suppress it. Yeah. Ah. So I worked at a place, actually got really excited because I saw one here in Austin. Really? Uh, it's called Brain Balance Centers. And they we talked about this briefly. Yeah. And they do a lot of that. So they work with developmentally delayed children. Functional neurology, in my mind, can be beneficial for pretty much any neurological disorder. And a lot of the things that we focus on in our studies is autism, spectrum disorders. We focus on ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, all of these things. And this doctor, Dr. Robert Melillo, came up with this whole protocol. And a lot of it has to do with just activating these primitive reflexes enough to where they go away because he's found that a lot of these developmentally delayed children are just children that have never had these reflexes activated enough to where they've developed properly onto the next stage of their life. How interesting. And so what they do in these sessions is they just come in and they do specific exercises that are fun for the child and they activate these reflexes and they will walk out feeling a thousand times better. And I've seen kids that you know, they have autism and they Mm. finally come to us and say, you know, I got my first invite to go have a sleepover with my friends. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And they come to us and, you know, we're just coaches. We just are following what Dr. Melillo lays out for us in his protocol. And for us, that's awesome because we're making an impact on these kids' lives. And it's not through medicine. It's not. It's totally non-invasive. It's just exercises. It's just basically getting the kid to move properly. And they're activating these primitive reflexes and they are seeing tremendous growth. See, that's so crazy to me because coming from a gymnastics director and coach's mindset, there's so many kids. Like we obviously movement is we know that it's a huge help to child development. And so we do have a lot of autistic kids that come into the gym and we have plethora of ADD or ADHD kids. And when we explain to the parents issues that we're having, one of the first responses we get is, oh, we're either in the process of getting them tested or they just got tested. And then they come to us again and they're like, oh, now we're doing medicine. And now we have to figure out what the dosage is and what the right process is. And all of that, I'm sure can help. But it's also amazing to know that like, this is another option that you can educate parents on to say, hey, if you haven't tried this approach, you know, it might be worth doing some research and see what's in your area and go this route first and see if it doesn't help first before going straight to the medicine option. I mean, that's why I chose chiropractic. That's incredible. Because I believe in the mindset of, okay, let's try to figure out if there's like some way to prevent this or Or fix it, fix this using non-invasive methods. And then go and I would have, have a physician's assistant degree and I can do the next step in sure. in medicine. And so that's how this is. It's looking at the integrity of the brain mm-hmm. and applying a non-invasive, basically just movement. There's a book out there. If you wanted to do this at home, you can do this. It's called Disconnected Kids by Dr. Robert Melillo. And it lays out exactly his plan that he does at these brain balance centers. Wow. And so it talks about he's an expert in childhood development. He's devoted his life because if you ever look him up, he'll tell you the story. But his children were told that they were developmentally delayed. And so he Mm -hmm. couldn't accept that. He was a neurologist, like what I want to be, and he couldn't accept why. 
Right. And so he devoted his career to finding out ways to help his children. And so he's developed this whole program based on his own experience with his own children. And he talks about this, and I don't want to steal thunder from him. Yeah. But it's really cool. It's really cool stuff. And people see results. And Does he have videos on YouTube too? He should be coming out with a YouTube YouTube Red. It's like kind of like Netflix almost. Okay, yeah. And they're supposed to have a TV show on there. Really? Yeah, like reconnected kids or reconnected families. So they're supposed keep to follow. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. But there's following uh, families that have children with developmental delays and ADHD and stuff like that. And Dr. Melillo and his wife work together to not only address the child's development, but also to address any like at-home issues as well. That can help. That can hurt. help. Yeah. And so it's a whole series that they're going to do. So it's really cool. It's really cool stuff. So let's talk coffee for a second. I don't know about you, but I am the type of person that unadmittedly makes a pot of coffee one day and maybe even uses the leftover coffee the next day and just reheats it. So not good, I know, for like the best tasting coffee, but hey, gotta do what you gotta do, right? But then I found Trade Coffee Company and you guys have got to check them out. Head on over to their website and take their coffee quiz. They're taking a whole new approach to really just brewing coffee at home. So basically you start Start by taking a quiz and they get an idea of the type of coffee you like and which beans would be best for you. From there, then they give you these awesome suggestions of which coffees would be the best fit for your coffee preferences. I went on there and I did it and since I'm new to the whole coffee world, I took the quiz and they gave me suggestions on a lighter coffee brew since I use a coffee pot and I like creamer in my coffee. It's also making me want to just like get a better coffee maker or do the over pour or something just so I can make awesome coffee. I just decided that this was so much better than having to go through the grocery store and try to pick out exactly which one I needed or wanted or would taste good. It's super cool too because you can just order a bag or you can sign up for one of their subscription plans and they just ship it to you monthly. You can also do gift bags for coffee to loved ones for Christmas or their birthdays. And honestly, I just think it's a really cool concept, especially if you're like me and you're trying to step up your coffee game instead of swinging by Starbucks every day and spending $4 on a coffee cup. They even have videos to show you how to brew coffee the right way, whether you do drip coffee, pour over coffee, cold brew, or espresso. If you're interested and want to try it out, feel free to use the code Abby C. Hillis when checking out and I can get you 50% off your first bag. What, what? So go check it out. Trade Coffee Company. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people tuning in have kids and I think it's just, I feel like I know a decent amount of development just from having the coaching background that I do. But I mean, I knew the brain was powerful, but I don't think I realized how much it all, how much it literally controlled everything, which kind of like leads into what we kind of were talking about with the brain and the gut. And yeah. we what started that conversation was a completely different subject when I brought in dementia. Yeah. And we were talking about, I have a grandmother who has pretty severe dementia at this point, And I know a lot of people are affected by it. And one of the things that Elsie was explaining to me was that the neurons that connect between the gut and the brain and how all of that kind of feeds directly off of each other. So if you don't have a healthy gut, you're pretty much 
struggling to have a healthy brain. It's not going to get there. And I talked about that with Brandy and Brandy's episode as well. And how, like when she brought it to my attention, when I was seeing her just for meditation, you know, she brought it to my attention that I can help you with meditation and, and that certain section of your life. But you also have to look at your nutrition and you have to look at your mind healthiness. And you also have to look at, you know, just all different avenues, what you're doing for your physical activity and, you know, your daily schedule and all of those things. And I feel like that's where, you know, we just, we spend money. People aren't afraid to spend a hundred, 200, 300, $400 a month on either a gen membership or CrossFit or whatever it is. But when we try to, when we're really trying to look at getting healthy and our whole body healthy, there's a lot more that goes into it than just showing up for a workout four days a week. Yeah. And that's huge. And (laughs) I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole about like <laughs> my whole approach to health and what I've learned in just two short years of being in chiropractic school. And I can't wait to learn more. But you're right. It is more than just exercise. It is exercise helps with a lot of things, but there are other things that you can do to supplement that as well and live the best life you can. We were talking about dementia, yeah. and the gut brain and everything like that. There's so much research out there now about how the connection between the gut and the brain actually occur. And going back to Dr. Malillo, his program addresses this directly as well. Mm. They talk about how milk, for example, we talked about this. Milk, the proteins in milk are so large that it's really hard for our body to break them down fully when they're going through our, our gut. Same thing with gluten. The proteins in it are so large that our body can't break them down enough. And so we get these things in our body called antibodies that tag these large proteins mm-hmm. as foreign bodies that need to be eliminated by our immune system. Yep. And these proteins are so large that they mimic other proteins located throughout our body, our skin, or our brain, our cerebellum, things like that get attacked by these antibodies because it can't tell the difference between what's you and what's not. Its job is just to kill, mm-hmm. you know, it's to eliminate the proteins that have been tagged. And so drinking milk and eating gluten, that's why gluten-free is such a fad right now. I still eat gluten. I mean, not everyone has an issue with it, right? but these large proteins get through your gut lining. They leak through. You get this term we talk about all the time in chiropractic school called leaky gut. Right. And it essentially means that the cells in your gut start to not be as tight next to each other. And these proteins leak through and get in your bloodstream. And then you have these inflammatory markers in your blood. I'm not trying to get too... No, you're good. I'm, um, I'm following you. And then you get these inflammatory markers in your blood. And they go, I mean, your blood goes throughout your entire body. So you could have things like dementia occur because Mm -hmm. your brain starts to get attacked by these inflammatory markers because the protein that you ate that was in your gut might look like the protein that's in your temporal lobe, which is responsible for memory. And so you get attacked. And so there's this theory that dementia and Alzheimer's are caused by maybe a lack of good nutritious diet or eczema. I know when I drink milk, Mm-hmm. I develop eczema. I have eczema actually right now on my on my knee right yep. there. Yep. So, and I've been putting milk in my coffee. And so if you like notice these little things happening, even on your child, one thing you can try to do, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm suggesting maybe this is something you could do is just try eliminating something or like maybe reduce the amount that you give. So if yep. you're giving your child milk, maybe try giving them less milk. 
and see if that makes a difference on their eczema or their rash. I know I get brain fog a lot. Yeah, um, we talked about that. Yeah, and we talked yeah. about that. I mean, that could be directly related to things you eat as well. Yep. For when sure. I stopped eating dairy, it really made a big difference. My clarity, I just felt like I was in a haze, almost like yeah. allergies. Yeah. And it just went away. And it felt really good. I felt really good. My eczema went away. And I had been putting corticosteroids on my leg and everything like that. And, and it just didn't help. It wasn't addressing the root cause of what was causing that to flare up. So, I mean, we have so many options to affect these diseases that we see and yeah. try to maybe not cure them, but reduce the intensity and the frequency that we see them. Right. That's just by diet. Just or, by diet. Or adding vitamins or uh, yeah. probiotics into your yeah. your diet. I, I know for myself, like one, they say it's really important to do through pregnancy and postpartum and everything. And Brandy, you know, also brought it to my attention, but I've started doing a probiotic every night and my skin alone with anything else, like any other factors, which there are other ones, my skin alone has cleared up drastically, like mm-hmm. drastically just from adding a probiotic. And then also, I mean, no one really likes to talk about it, but like bowel movements and like consistency, like I never really truly feel massive bull- bloating anymore and I don't really feel like I've got issues and I feel like a large part of that is just keeping good is it what it flora is that yeah so and you're in my gut and that and I also do a kombucha I always feel like kombucha I always feel like I say that word wrong once a week I just you know sip on one of those once a week and I feel like that's helped Mm -hmm. one of my mom friends told me about saying I mean I knew that they helped but like I think taking the step to actually try. I think that's like sometimes the hardest part is to just, we are, I feel like so many people are telling you these things, but one, maybe don't give you the understanding. Like I had a multiple people that were telling me like, take a probiotic, it'll help. And it's like, I wish I would have known at that point to go and research like, okay, why does a probiotic help so much? Yeah. Okay. No, it creates good gut, but like, or good flora in your gut, but like, so then why is that important? And it's like, it's not just so that your gut's healthy. It has so much more to do with everything else. Yeah. And that's what just has been so eye-opening for me. Yeah, we talk about this all the time. So I feel like my whole approach to my mindset of health is like combining Western with Eastern. Eastern, yep. Kombucha is something that when people say, I say I drink kombucha, Heather even looks at me, you know, odd. She goes, why do you drink that? And I break it down for her, you know. it's yeah. It's because, like you said... We have good and bad bacteria that sit in our gut. And when you have these things, these large gluten or large dairy molecules that get in, or if we drink alcohol that kills off all the bacteria Uh, in our gut, or if you do antibiotics, I know a lot of children get put on antibiotics for ear infections and stuff like that. Their gut bacteria gets wiped out, good and bad. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more good or a lot more bad that goes in than good whenever we eat and whenever our, I mean... If you think about our digestive tract, it's just one long tube open from end to end. Right. Right? I'm not trying yeah. to be graphic here. Yeah. But no, it is. It is. And so you're getting these bad bacteria, and they can overrun the good mm-hmm. and cause more inflammation, which causes these cells in your gut that are supposed to be tight to loosen because of this inflammation because cells are dying off in your gut. And then you get these large proteins, like I was talking about, that come through and affect so many things. So when you drink kombucha, it's full of good bacteria, yogurt. It's really yogurt. good bacteria. And it's 
It's like, you know, competition. You want to have good competition anywhere. Right. And you want to have good competition in your gut. So you want to supply it with as much arsenal to fight the bad mm-hmm. bacteria with good. So I do that. You can drink kombucha. You can find that at any store. Yep. Kimchi. Oh, I love kimchi. Kimchi is really so good, good for your gut. Anything fermented. Yep. So beer, kind of. Sometimes is good for your gut, certain beers. Well, and everything in moderation, right? right? Yeah, obviously you want to have everything in moderation, but pickled, I uh, pickles are really good. Anything pickled or that huh. undergoes an unpickling process is good. Really? Uh-huh. I didn't so know that one. Just if you like eating pickles, you know, it's good for you. It's good for your gut, you know, just taking a probiotic tablet. And the big thing about that is to change up the strand of bacteria that's in the tablet. So if you look at the bottle, it'll ah. say the type. And if you go to a, like Whole Foods, yep. you can get one. It's like probiotic eight and it has eight different strands of probiotics in it. So you can start with that and then you can get another one that's on the shelf next to it and it has eight different strands or maybe it has six different strands of the eight. And so you're constantly introducing good bacteria and each bacteria fights against other types of bacteria. They're so it's good to introduce different ones like yeah. that and switch it up. Yeah. Do you do it like intermittently or do you finish a bottle and do the next one? Or yeah, you can do that. I mean, Or switch them off either way. But I do doing... a whole bottle and okay. then once I finish the 60 capsules or whatever yeah, is in there, right. I do the next bottle. Interesting. Okay, that's good to know. Because so, I, th- I know, the well, I don't know them off the top of my head, but I know the ones that the one I have now and I just need to look for something to completely different. Yeah, so just check the back and the more bacteria yeah. that's in there, the better. So when you're looking at even yogurt, a lot of them only have like three strands, but I know that there's one brand in particular that has six. Ah. And so I'll buy that one, even though it's not maybe as cheap or as good as the other. Yeah, like right. It's Health-wise, it's got way better benefits for me than whatever YoPlay has in its yogurt. Oh, for sure. Whatever, you know? The fake yogurt. (laughs) Yeah, the fake yogurt. It's basically sugar. Yeah, Uh, right. So, I mean, there's so many different things that we can do to impact these neurological conditions that we have and that we experience daily. And I've just seen tremendous change in myself just by implementing all of these things. It's amazing. It really is awesome stuff. So is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you do on a daily basis that you've learned in school? When I have a bowel movement, I do check it. I want to see. There's like things that you look at whenever you... I know it's gross to talk about. No, let's talk about it. Let's talk about poop. (laughs) So we talk about... When I look at my stool... You know, to assess how healthy I am, I look at how often I go, Uh the color, Uh is it hard or soft? Consistency, yeah. You know, is it it one consistent or is it multiple little ones that have dropped out like a rabbit? Like what is going on down there? I'll check the toilet and make sure that everything checks out. And, you know, it should be, it should be a long, you know, I don't want... Not too hard. Not too hard, (laughs) but... A long, continuous... Yes. Strain of, of feces. <laughs> yes. It should be a, a not too big, not too hard, not too soft, not runny, not fuzzy. It shouldn't be too dark. It shouldn't be too light. It shouldn't be green. It should be just, you know, your typical color. It should be easy to get out. Yeah. And, and that's something that I look for. And if I 
experience like a bit more runny, yeah. I'm like, okay, something's going on. Or if it's too hard, like, okay, something's going on. I need to look at what I've just eaten over the past 24 hours uh-huh. and maybe reevaluate eating that again. It's hard to say no. A lot of the times things that are social, so like alcohol right. will affect you. And or it, eating fried chicken because who wants to say no to fried chicken? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we had a great Thanksgiving meal this week and it was... It was hard to say no to a lot of the stuff. (laughs) And there's lovely repercussions to it. (laughs) So, I mean, that's something that I look at. It's a good way to assess the health of your gut. That's good to know. And so, yeah, you can do that. I do... Tell me about the new book you're reading and what you just implemented and what, like, the running part. That was interesting to me. Yeah, I was about to get into that. So I do exercise quite a bit. I was an athlete growing up, so I, I have a passion for exercise, but seems like I have more of a reason to exercise when I understand the benefits that I get out of it other than just like, oh, I want to look better in the mirror. Right. But that's good. Right. That is a good goal to have, but you're going to get those things along with so much more. Right. And one of those was I'm reading a book called Spark and it's called Spark, the Neuroscience of Exercise and How It Affects Your Brain. Mm-hmm. And the first chapter talks about this school in Illinois called Naperville mm-hmm. uh, Central High School. And so they implemented a zero-hour exercise. And so it was with the intention of getting kids out there and being more active. And one of the coaches on the staff was like, I just feel like they're not exercising with intention. And so he he bought these heart rate monitors and measured how much their heart rate was rising. And it was like to 90% heart rate max is what he wanted to get the children to or the kids in high school to. And they noticed significant improvements in their scores, in their ACT scores, in their test scores, in the classes that followed that zero hour PE. So waking up in the morning, going on a run, it was just a mile. Getting the heart rate really up. Getting the heart rate up to almost maximal level. Right. Which can be calculated with a really simple equation that we can talk about. But it's introducing so many hormones that are beneficial for attentiveness and growth. And you have this hormone called brain-derived neurotropic factor, which basically is just the hormone that helps your neurons be healthy and the, ah. the nerves in your brain. So when you run and you do intense cardiovascular exercise, you're releasing a lot of this hormone and this hormone is going to help you maintain and learn and remember and stay attentive and keep your neurons happy while you're studying. And so for their first classes after their exercise, their grades went up like crazy. And so They did a bunch of tests and they have this test that they talk about in the book that compares 38 countries in math and science. And Naperville Central High School ranked number one in science in the world and number six in science or in math in the world. And that was right after introducing exercise. Now, granted, there's probably a lot of other factors that go into that, but... It clearly didn't hurt it. (laughs) It did not hurt it. And so it's something that drove me to get up and be a crazy person and run these hills here in Austin. (laughs) But I felt great. They're brutal. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're intense. So, But it's something that you can introduce and 90% heart rate max for you is going to look a lot different than me. Sure. Um, Sure. In the book, they talk about one girl was, he thought lollygagging around the track. And so he put a heart rate monitor on her and her heart rate was actually 191. And so that's above her 90% threshold. So he's like, 
you know, good job. You, you did what you were told to do. That's interesting. And so everyone's 90 is going to look different. And I can tell you how to calculate it. You just take 220 and subtract your age, and that's your max heart rate. Okay. So I'm 25, so my max heart rate would be 195. And then you just take the 90 percentile of that 195. And that's so where you want to get. That's where I want to be, so somewhere above 180. 180, yep. And that's how you would calculate that. So you can, at the gym, they, on the treadmill, if you run on the treadmill, they have mm-hmm. they have the little monitor there. Yeah. Our, our watch has, I mean, most of us have Apple, Apple watches, watches or, or Fitbit or Fitbit's. whatever. Yep. And you can check your heart rate when you run and make sure it's up above that. And you're getting such good impact on your brain just by yeah. doing just a short mile long run, getting up above your 90% yeah. heart rate max. And so, yeah, I do that. I meditate. I do this thing. We talked about this a couple of days ago. I do, I'll just sit there. I'll focus on three positive things mm. that just naturally come to my head. And we have this area in our brain that sits right behind our eyebrows, right at the middle of our, of our forehead yep. called the orbital medial prefrontal cortex. And it just basically is an area that allows you to place yourself into situations and into mindsets. It controls a lot of like emotional output um, and our ability to, I mean, it's in the frontal lobe, so it's going to control that emotional output. So if you just imagine yourself in three happy situations or in three positive situations, you're really activating that area Mm -hmm. and really depressing your anxiety and that wind up of that limbic system that we talked about earlier. So I'll sit there while breathing intentionally and I'll just have three positive things come up into my head naturally. I'm not going to search for them. I'm just going to let them pop up into my head and then I will focus on those three things. And that mindset alone, you're focusing on things that make you happy and excited to go throughout your day. Mm -hmm. I do that in the morning Mm -hmm. before I wake up. And it's almost like priming myself to be happy throughout the day. Right. Because I'm really activating this area of the brain that is imagining these three happy things. So the rest of my day, I'm walking around feeling great because I'm I focused on three positive things rather than waking up and focusing on, oh, no, I got to go to school today. Oh, no, I have to do this or that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, I I had someone that advised me to start a gratitude journal. And so when I did my podcast launch, I made journals, little small journals that had uh, Loving This Life on it. And I told people, you know, like, those are gratitude journals. Like, be sure to take one, but, like, try to use it as a way to, like, write down the things that you're thankful for or, you know, grateful for. And, again, it's one thing to do it. It's another thing to understand why it's important to do it. And I guess we all know, obviously, we're all smart enough to think, okay, we think of something good we're going to be happier, but just understanding the connection as to where it all comes from and how you can, how important it is to basically retrain your brain in a positive way that how much it can just manifest with itself upwards. But in the same time, like if we don't do that, it can manifest in itself in such a negative black hole, which is where like the opposite can always come in. And I, what's so crazy to me is we have control over that. Yeah. But people so easily forget that. I forget that. Mm-hmm. And I have. And I feel like that's what I've struggled with. And I had, you know, this huge life-changing event happen to me this summer. And, like, all of this was kind of falling down onto me at once. And I, like, I don't know what exactly it was, if it was one day or one week that where everything just kind of hit me at once. And it's like, holy crap, I have control over all of this. Yeah. Like, this is my brain and my body and educating myself on how I can 
utilize it to its potential is just, it's a phenomenal, like the human body and brain is just so crazy. Yeah. So that's what makes me excited to do what we're talking about, you know? Like right. I get you, it. Everyone has the ability to decide when they want to feel better. Right. And you hear people all the time say that, but it didn't click with me until I learned why. Right. I'm a person that has to know why. Sure. Me too. Um, for sure. For me in chiropractic school, it wasn't enough to just pop someone's back. I had to know why they felt better after they popped their back. That makes sense. Or why someone's anxiety was spiraling them out of control. Why is that happening and why can't they control it? And you can. It's up to you to decide when you want to do that. And there are tools to to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And there are tools to train your brain to grow and and flourish and Mm -hmm. be this organ that is supposed to do what it's supposed to do rather than set you back because it's becoming a barrier that you're sitting on this anxiety and stress and worry. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so impactful. And every day I learn just a little bit more on how to be impactful. I post all the time on my Facebook page. If anyone wants to go follow me on Facebook or Instagram, I post all the time about, okay, this research says this about your brain. Okay, well, you can do, you have chronic pain. This is what area of the brain is being activated. And this is how you can stop having that chronic low back pain. Um, so yeah. what is your Instagram? Instagram is at LC right. Okay. Uh, 23. Spell it right. Uh, w R I G H T. Okay. And LC just the letters LC and then Facebook LC right. I have a Twitter, but it's usually used for sports. <laughs> <laughs> As I feel like most guys are, but, uh, I've just got a huge passion for informing as many people as I can at my school. I probably should have said this at the beginning, but I'm the president of our neuro club, uh, co-president. I have another guy with me who's just as brilliant as me. I'm going to get a specialty degree. I'm going to get my master's degree. The brain has become my obsession. Yeah. I listen to podcasts. If anyone wants oh, to listen to the podcast, um, Brain Warrior Way by doctors Daniel Amen and his wife. They talk about just little things. It's a little quick 15 minute long podcast about things you can do to positively impact your brain. They do. They're so quick. Hillis and I listened to. Did uh, you listen to one? Listen to one of them. I don't remember where we were driving, but we did. And he was like, yeah, this is awesome. Oh, oh gosh. I'm trying to remember what it was about. Oh, taking, was it dopamine in drips instead yeah. of dump, a dopamine dump and how it's important to have drips and to remove dopamine dumps like skydiving. You don't need that huge dump of dopamine that's not good for your body. Right. Yeah. They have awesome stuff. Sorry. They have really cool stuff. <laughs> they so, do. Well, if you want to learn more about that, it's like a daily thing. They yeah. go on there and talk about they have their own clinic. They're medical doctors, but they kind of have the same mindset that we've been talking about, that yep. we control our own destiny when it comes to our brain and the way our brain controls our bodily functions. Yeah. So you have the power to change your body's function. You have the ability, if your child is suffering, to get them the proper help without putting them on these insane drugs. I'm not a negative like person against the medical field. I, I love it. Like I'm going to be a part of it one day with right. my physician's assistant degree. Like I just think that there's a step towards that, that everyone misses. You can take a few steps before you just hit medicine. Yeah. There's, there's, steps to it because what what's going to go wrong right in my mind i don't see any negative side effects of trying these Mm -hmm. things these brain exercises in order to try to prevent having your kid be on these heavy drugs i mean they're not to be messed around with right so there's so much that can be done 
outside of the norm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But if you have any questions for Elsie or want to bring something to his attention that you don't understand and maybe he you think he could help give you some advice on, shoot me an email or hit him up on his social media platforms. And then if you have another topic that you think would be interesting to bring him back on and would want to hear more about, let us know because we would totally do this again. Yeah. Dallas isn't that, or Fort Worth isn't that far away. No, it's not that far (laughs) away. And I'm sure Heather wouldn't mind a visit. (laughs) Yeah, she would love that, actually. So she can play with KJ. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Have fun getting your brain healthy and practicing with your brain and and look up some some new interesting things and challenge yourself to uh, understand your brain a little bit more. Yeah. Thanks, Elsie. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. And lastly, remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.